0: By his presence. You know, I don't know that. I don't know that I have been completely overwhelmed. And just to be honest, all right? I don't know that I've been completely overwhelmed by his presence in a long time. I feel, I don't know how you feel, but I feel those little chill bumps right now. I feel the presence of God in here. But I remember being so... Under the weight of the presence of God, Bonnie, that I couldn't even pull myself off the floor. I remember shouting and dancing before the Lord. I remember. But Jamie, I don't want it just to be a memory anymore. Come on. I don't want it to be just a figment of a time frame that took place in my past because I recognize that the same God who poured out His Spirit on the day of Pentecost, the same God who came down in a little church called Belton Church of God when I was 11 years old and baptized me in the Holy Spirit and transformed my life is the same God at 47 years old that is still powerful, still anointing still touching, still overwhelming, still allowing His glory to be poured out and He's looking for vessels who's hungry He's looking for people who's willing to say I want more God I don't want to be satisfied with just a couple of songs. I don't want to be entertained. I want to know that I'm walking in the presence and the power and the anointing of God and that He's right here in this place. He's not yesterday's God, He's not grandma's God. He's my God and He's right here in this place. Come on, somebody. Lord, I pray. I pray. For a presence that so overwhelms God, that when we walk by the sick, just as Peter and John did, and they walk by silver and gold. I don't have, but such as I have, give I unto thee. Lord, I pray that that same anointing will rise up in us, that we're willing. To lay hands on the sick. And the Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. Come on, somebody. And God, that we lay hands on the sick and they rise up as healed. In Jesus' name, I pray for an anointing of God to permeate our, this place, Jesus. God, once again, charge the atmosphere. Once again, allow us to be positioned for the presence of God, I know that this world has us tweaked. I know that the world has us so confused and so wrapped up in all of the thoughts that would hinder us from your presence. But in the name of Jesus, this morning, we turn our mind's eye to the word of God that lasts forever and ever and ever. And we put our hearts' trust in you, Jesus. And we ask you, God, to tweak our atmosphere once again. Once again, God, charge us by the power of the Holy Ghost. Once again, God, transform us by your Spirit. Oh, God, let there be a stirring in us. Once again, let there be a stirring in us. God, our children, our sons and daughters, our grandchildren, they need to know what we experienced is real. They need to know, God, that what we experienced, the power of God that transformed us, that brought us out of darkness and into your light, is not just a fairy tale. It's not just a story that we open up and we read. But Lord, it is the fact that happened. And Lord, I pray once again that there will be an experience that will transform us, that will change our children, change our grandchildren. God, that will begin to start a discipleship that will flow through this community and around the world. Just as Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and a message transformed the world, I pray God that you would allow a messenger your word says greater things shall you do in my name why not because we're greater than you but because God you are residing in every single one of us and I pray that in quality and quantitatively God that we will begin to be a voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, for Jesus is coming back. He's coming back for a holy church. He's coming back for a righteous church. He's coming back for a people who are seeking the face of God. Lord, once again, charge the place. Once again, God, stir us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us not be intimidated any longer by the voices of the world, but God, let your Spirit And the boldness, your word says that the righteous are are as bold as a lion. Once again, let the boldness of the Holy Ghost rise up in the body of Christ that we declare the word of God. No matter what opposition, no matter what the people of the world say, let your word rise up in us, Jesus. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Jeff, I don't know about you, but whoo. I feel like I could jump off of this mountain right here and run a couple of miles. Come on. Hallelujah. Somebody just shout, hallelujah. Y'all far enough away, y'all can shout. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I raise a hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Amen. Some of you know Josh Travers' dad. And I just want to have him just share just a brief little word with you this morning. Put with the Lord, I know the Lord just put something on your heart, and I want you to just share that right there.
1: Bless
0: I know he did.
2: I don't have anything to share except uh, I thank the Lord today for my son. He's been a good son. That I have to share. But what the Lord put on my heart, and the only way I know how to try to share this with you is if you decided you wanted to be my friend and you decided that You wanted to learn from me. You would clear your schedule. You'd call me all the time. You'd want to come over and have breakfast with me. You'd want to go where I go. You'd want to know me. You would want to know what I care about. You would want to know how to bless me. And just be someone I'd go, wow, man, that's that's my friend. Is, Is that your experience when you get up in the morning with Jesus and his awesome Holy Spirit and his precious Father? Do you make sure and spend time to get to know him? And know how he feels and what he cares about. Say, hey man, can I help you out? Is there anybody out there that I I can share your love with today? Is that the passion and the intensity of your life? When you were sharing earlier, I was just like, God, that's what the Lord's been sharing with me all morning. God gave you someone who's tuned in to his heart. Are you tuned in to his heart? And if you're not, I'm sorry, I'm a hillbilly. I'm uneducated, for real. You're stupid. You're just stupid. You're missing the best thing ever. Better than $10 million, better than a great wife and wonderful kids. I have money, not $10 million, but I have money. I have great kids. I have an amazing wife. But that's not what's been amazing in my life. What's been amazing is Jesus and His Holy Spirit and their incredible Father. 42 years, I've been going crazy for Jesus. And my life has been very difficult But it's been amazing because of Jesus. I have thousands and thousands of testimonies about what Jesus did all over the world. Some of them you might not even believe. You say, well, that's, that'd be hard to believe. But Jesus did it. God did it. And He'll use you Especially you young people. Man, you want to you wanna hook in with something? You want to care about something? You want to give your life to something? Yeah, you give it to Jesus, and I tell you what, there's no regrets. My son hasn't heard anywhere near all my stories, and he knows that. And he keeps asking. He wants to hear more. My Jesus stories. My life has been awesome. Jesus, you guys, man, just go for Jesus, okay? Yes. Everybody, but I have a heart for young people. Sorry, old people. Amen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Amen. Amen. Let's open the word for a few moments. Amen. Thank you so much. Praise team. Thank you band. You guys are, um, you guys are awesome. You guys do a great job. Thank you for your commitment. Amen. Thank you for indulging the pastor when he throws a song on you that you were not prepared for, and for loving me anyway. Amen. I'm going to be I shared a scripture last week out of Nehemiah chapter six, verse nine, and I want to go back and go back and reread that and and talk a little bit about that scripture. Um, if you are watching online or even here, I um, want us to remember to be faithful to God in our worship, that we continue our worship with our tithing offering. Uh, if you'd like to participate. Uh, and walk in obedience in that process Then there are uh, ways to give at at the exits um, after service thank you guys for respecting each other for um, doing your best to uh, follow uh, the care and, and of others um, we're we're here to love you and we want you to be um, we want you to be how do I say that? Because I really don't want everybody to be comfortable in the sense of I want the Word to, to engage us, but I want you to feel comfortable health-wise to be in, in this place. So thank you for respecting each other and and uh, caring for each other. God's good, isn't He? I, wo- I woke up this morning, and Gary, I had... Butterflies y'all, y'all don't get y'all don't get nervous do you None of y'all I mean people think well man you're you pastor you know you get up in front of people all the time, but this morning I don't know why I butterflies nervous um, before service I was pacing walked back walked back into my office and I was like, okay Lord um where are we going today? <laughs> What are you doing, Lord? I'm just being real with you because I want you to understand that for me to carry this living word to you is not something I do haphazardly. It's not something that I, I grab a hold of and just, oh, you know, this is old hat, this is just another scripture, but I truly look at this as God's living word. And so when I stand before you, I want to know that I'm being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and led by Him to do and say exactly what He wants me to say. Am I infallible? No. I'm still human. I still make mistakes. I still put my pants on the same way everybody else does. Uh, Sometimes it's a little tighter than others. But... uh, trust God. Amen. I'm trusting the Lord. So with that said, let's jump into Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 9. For all of them were trying to frighten us thinking or saying they will they will be discouraged with the work and it will not be done. In other words, That their hands will drop to their sides and they will not finish the work. But now, O God, strengthen my hands. Father, I pray, Lord, that we recognize that it is your presence that makes the difference. That we recognize that that we need to rely on you. And this season, in these times... God, help us to be aware that you have not forsaken, but God, you are with each of us. And Lord, help us to be submitted to you and surrender to you that we may see the completion of your work, that we might leave the the legacy in which you have already conditioned and planned for us to fulfill. For your word says that you have prepared in advance good works for us to fulfill. And God, may we walk in that that atmosphere of your presence and be sensitive to what your plan is in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, but I pray, oh God, strengthen my hands. Amen. You know, I think that, uh, how many of you like to, to go out on a boat? Yeah, me too. Anytime y'all want to invite me, I'm ready. I, I love going out on the boat. I, I grew up uh, on the Hartwell Lake. My parents live close to Hartwell Lake, the largest man-made lake this side of the Mississippi. You know, thousands and thousands of shoreline and have some great experiences, have some horrible experiences. <laughs> um, but I love the lake. And And, and I th- was thinking about that the other day that we enjoy... A lot of times, the lake, but it's just a contributory of something bigger. We like going to Cage Cove and getting into that cold, cold, cold water, getting refreshed. Y'all, New Jersey folks, that's not too cold for you guys. That's, that's Southerners, man. That's, whoo, that's cold. That's the kind of water, you go get your watermelon and you put it in there for a little while and get it good and chilled. And After you get real hot and sweaty, you go and cut the watermelon up and you sit in the river and just eat watermelon. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you do, right? (laughs) But you think that so often we rely on just a contributory rather than the source. We rely on trickles rather than the ocean. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And, and, and God wants us to understand that though we might be refreshed by the river, we might be refreshed by a lake, there's a source that He wants us to tap into that's all-powerful, that's all-anointing, and, and He wants us to grasp a hold of Him. It is only through Him that we're able to do anything. Isn't that what His Word says in John chapter 14? He says, I am the vine, you are the branches Apart." From me, you can do nothing. Nothing. We might attempt to do things based on a, a, a limited source within ourselves, but God has something more. God wants us to realize that there is more to this life. There's more that we can accomplish in Him if we're willing to step out of our own comfort zone, if we're willing to say, I can't do this, but I know God can. The old song says, but I know a man who can. Come on, right? I may not be able to walk on water, but I know a man who can. I know someone who can get me from point A to point B with just like that if I trust him. Amen? Amen. I mean, Paul said it this way. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? Too many times I feel like we get into this mode, I can't, I can't, I can't, right? But what about the little engine that could? I think I can, I think I can. Come on, right? If we would just have a refreshed mentality of knowing that if God is with us, we can do it, amen? That we can accomplish the task that God has placed before us if we will truly trust in Him and know that He is with us. Greater is He. Isn't that what the Bible says? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We can't sit around and let the world continue to intimidate us and keep us from accomplishing the plan that God has before us. We might have to tweak a method. We might have to rethink a maneuver in how we will accomplish the plan of God. But the enemy can't stop what God has already ordained to happen. Come on. I mean, if you look at the Word of God, the enemy does not win. The enemy is overcome. He says... Yes, in this world you'll have tribulation trials, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. It's past tense. It's already done. It's already written. The enemy's defeated. I am victorious in Christ Jesus. I don't have to walk in defeat. I don't have to walk in doubt, but I can know that my Redeemer lives, and in Christ Jesus I will be redeemed completely when he steps out on the clouds of glory and he calls me home. This old world will pass away and everything else, but my word shall stand forever forever. And if I'm standing on the word of God I'm not worried about what everybody else says I know that God will prevail Amen Amen Hallelujah Woo, I'm going to preach here in a minute Thank you Jesus I cannot rely on my own strength to accomplish God's works Amen I mean there's going to be a, a day where I can strategize. I can put together marketing plans. I can put together activity plans. But in the end of the day, I know that my works will fail. They'll be tried and tested by the fire, if you will. But if I am trusting in the Lord and he's directing my path, then whatever he says do, it shall be accomplished. Because when his word goes forth, it says it will meet its intended end. It will be accomplished. It will not go out void. It will do its work. Amen. So there has to be a time when every person must reach beyond themselves. Amen. We were moving the other day. And we're still moving. After the third big truck full, I started to get discouraged. Like, where's the yard sale sign? This whole truck needs to go. But I got I got tired of hearing, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. That it drove me crazy. Cause my back saying, I can't do it, but my mind saying, you gotta do it. Somebody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever feel like you don't want to get up in the morning and you're like, I can't get this leg out. <laughs> but you got to do it. And I got frustrated. I said, I'm tired of hearing, I can't do it. You can do it, right? Some of y'all don't ever get frustrated, do you? Well, we went to take a piece of furniture and and somebody who said I couldn't do it jumped in under me and picked up the whole stinking thing by themselves. You said, what? I thought you said you can't do this. The fact is, is that I think we limit ourselves, come on, we limit ourselves not only in our physical ability, but we limit ourselves in the authority and the anointing of God that God has given us. He said, I've given you the keys to the kingdom, come on, I've given you the keys to the kingdom, which whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven, whatever you loose is loose. somebody needs to pick up some authority and say, in the name of Jesus, Satan, get out of my house. Come on. We need to start taking some authority that God's given us. We're so bound by by PC culture and all these things and cancel culture that we're afraid to say anything. But there's an authority of God that he's given us that we can rebuke and bind the enemy. And we need to start allowing God to use that authority through us. Where we truly say, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over my family. I plead the blood of Jesus over my church. I plead the blood of Jesus over my community. Whatever happened to pleading the blood? Whatever happened to getting a hold of the horns of the altar and praying through? Whatever happened to getting in tune with God and saying, God, not my will, but yours be done. Come on, somebody. Because I'm realizing that with God there's an unlimited supply. With God there's, a, there's not a limitation. He can do whatever he wants to do, and he can use whoever he wants to use, and he can accomplish through us whatever he wants to accomplish. He's not limited in his ability, but he's limited by by our mentality. The only person that clamps down God is us. Mm. I mean, there's no mountain so high but what God and I can't scale. Come on. I don't care if it's Mount Rushmore or one big mountain over in Asia. I don't care what mountain it is, whatever mountain you're facing. If God is with you, you can scale that mountain because God is able. There's no ocean so broad that God and I can't cross. There's no enemy so strong but what God and I can't defeat. God and I make a majority every single time. Come on, somebody. Woo! That's a good old... Southern boy shout there. Thank you, Jesus. But our limitation is only, our limitation is only prevalent due to our lack of communication. Oh me. Oh me, Lord. When I look at Nehemiah, I recognize that he was a man of prayer. Come on he was a man of prayer and when Hen and I came to him and returned from Jerusalem and 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 Nehemiah asked him hey how's the folks doing how's everybody doing and he heard the the situation the Bible says that he began to weep and he fasted and he prayed to God how many what will it take for us to fast and weep and pray over our country over our needs over our community to recognize that the only limitation that we have is our limitation if we would get together and join together with the body of Christ and we begin to declare the things of God. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm in the midst. He said, when two or three ask of me, it shall be done in the name of Jesus. We need to bind together and begin to accomplish the things of God. Amen. Amen. Isaac Albright Posted something this morning. He said something to the to the extent of we need to redig the wells for our children. Look, over time we've let the wells dry up. Over time we've allowed the things of this world to just keep piling into the freshwater well that we've that God has freshly dug for us or our parents dug or our grandmother dug though, where we receive from God but but how much are we continuing to keep the well open how are, we, how are we weeping over our children how are we willing to sacrifice for our children how are we willing to show them the glory of God in our lives how are we demonstrating that when I think of Nehemiah I think of the fact that when he prayed, he had he had to, he had to go before a king. And, and and to understand the full ramifications of going before the king, when you went before him, you put on your best clothes. Because he was the cupbearer. He put on his best clothes. He had to make sure his face was in good countenance, because when he went, he was there to uplift and not to bring down. And so therefore he was very cautious of how he presented anything to the king. And yet. One day, he knew that he had to bring this need before the king, and he showed himself sad. Look, there are times that we need to make some calculated risks for our kids. Come on. We're too busy trying to put on a happy face. We're too busy trying to, to live or, or, or and, and Forgive me for using this. We're too busy being hypocritical in front of our kids, and they're wondering what is truth because we walk around with a happy face and we get home and we're sad and we're, we're angry, we're upset, and yet, hmm, about to preach right there. Come on. Our kids need to know too that we struggle. Our kids need to know, too, that we have emotions, that we're, that we're fighting, and, and, and that we're, we're depending on the Lord to help us through. And it's only our relationship with God that is what gives us the ability to sacrifice and keep on going forward for God's kingdom plan. Amen. So we need to pray. We need to demonstrate our complete Trust in God, but help me understand that just because everything's hunky-dory, or just because you've made a decision, not everything's going to go just the way you want it to be, right? How many have ever made a few plans for God and and, and it, it went sideways? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Made a few few plans. I I, re, I remember uh, making a plan to plan a church and things didn't go the way I thought they should go out in Honduras I was uh, went into the community and man I had spent you know hours walking with different pastors walking through the community praying for the community uh, building rapport in the community and, um, and 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 it didn't go the way I wanted it to go brought us young fiery whoo preacher in there. And man, he built a congregation up. He had about 220 people in a matter of a few months. I said, man, he's the man. Thank you, Jesus, for putting this guy in. But you know, I realized that his calling wasn't pastoral. His calling was evangelist. (laughs) How many know evangelists can get kind of hard on people sometimes? Mm-hmm. And just as fast as he went to 220, he went to 20. I said, hey, bro, you are a phenomenal preacher, bro. You're killing people. (laughs) And so it didn't go the way I wanted it to go, but, you know, we have to trust God, don't we? And know that whatever God puts together, he he will begin to open new paths and new ways and show us what needs to be done. But when I look at Nehemiah, I mean, he, here he was. He had made his declaration. He said, hey, we're going to build the wall. We're going to accomplish the, the, the will of God. We're going to fulfill God's plan. So let's come together and do this. But even from the very beginning, he was ridiculed. He was, he was said, are you rebelling against God? Are you rebelling against the, the king? He said, no, wait a minute. I'm just doing what God told me to do. You know, I love the fact that that Nehemiah doesn't answer people. He goes to God. When I I look at this, I mean, he was exposed to ridicule. He was exposed to people's accusations as he began to rebuild the wall, and his response was not to man, but his response was to God. I mean, when you look at chapter 4, verse 4, look what he says. He says, Hear, O God, how we are despised. In other words, he didn't Respond to the ridicule. I think too many times we're trying to defend ourselves instead of letting God defend us. Come on, we're too busy trying to 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 get our political positions or our 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 positions in in society straightened out. When all we need to do is we'll get on our knees before God and say, "Oh God, you know." who you are and you know who you've created me to be and God whatever you choose for me to do that's what I want to do that's what I want to fulfill here oh God how we are despised let me know that the world doesn't like you no 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 I mean he faced conspiracy if you look at verse uh, uh, if you look at verse eight they conspired against him but even when they was conspiring against him in, in verse Nine, he says, but we pray to our God, and because of them, we set up a guard against them day and night. How many know that when the world conspires against you, you can set up schemes, but ultimately you have to turn to God. Say, God, we are yours. Have your way. God, you see what's going on. It doesn't mean that we don't try to set up our Systems. It says, and they set up their watch. How many know you need to be watchful, right? I mean, even Jesus told Peter. He said, "Hey, Peter, you better be, you better be mindful because the enemy desires to sift you as wheat. Look, if you walk around unaware that the enemy doesn't like you, then you might get you might get a counterattack, right?" You might get hit from back, you might get hit from the backside, but let me tell you something, if you are trusting in the Lord and you're aware that the enemy's wanting to sift you as wheat, then you are in position in trusting God that he can say, watch here, watch there, be be vigilant, right? I mean, doesn't the Bible say be sober, be vigilant for your adversary, the devil, come on? Like a roaring lion is seeking whom he can devour. So there's a sense of we need to be alert. We need to be aware. We need to be vigilant. Because we know the enemy's coming. But ultimately our response is to God. God is the one who directs our steps. God is the one who will cause us to make a detour if it needs to happen. But other than that we should not make any other steps but the plans that God has made for us. Amen need to pray. When we look around us, we can, we look, we can complain, we can get upset, we can allow it to discourage us, but ultimately, we have to pray. We've got to communicate with God. I mean, look, prayer, and just because we pray doesn't mean that it's an excuse for foolheartedness, right? Just because we pray doesn't mean we go out and do dumb things. When we pray, we listen to God and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Now, if God says do something crazy, then we do something crazy. But just because we pray doesn't mean we go out and just do something crazy. <laughs> Amen. God expects us to use the good common sense that he's given us. Amen. Prayer leads us to activity and not inactivity. If we pray, then he's going to give us something to do. Right? Amen. Amen. God's going to give us something to do. You know, I know that you're I know that you're taking some of these words in the scheme of of certain contexts, but I want you to understand that I'm talking about truly obeying God, amen? When we pray, God will direct us and He expects us to obey Him, amen? I mean, when God plants a vine in a vineyard, He expects it to produce fruit, come on, and if if God expects it to produce fruit, then there's something that must come out of it and we are His vineyard if you will a planting of the Lord and if God has called us to do something then there must be an activity that brings productivity for the kingdom of God so we need to learn how to be in communion and communicate with the life-giving source the flow of God so that we can produce the fruit of God for his kingdom purpose. Amen. Amen. I mean I mean if you look at Nehemiah. I mean, his enemy sought to draw him away from the work into one of the villages, and this is where we are in in, in chapter six and verse nine. and And the thing is, is, the enemy wants to draw us out. He wants to. He wants to bring us to a place away from everybody else. How many understand that the enemy wants to divide the church? Right. I mean, I don't know that. The virus is, you know, some people. Well, the virus is from God, or the virus is from the. Well, I don't know that. All I know is, is that we can use whatever situation and atmosphere that we're in for the glory of God. If we're in tune with God, we can allow it to be from the devil. If we're moving away from God, or we can allow it to be from God if we're moving close to God. Or you understand know what I'm saying? So I'm not here to predict this or that I'm here to say what are you doing to draw near to God and bring about a plan for the body of Christ to be in unity with the body of Christ the enemy wants to separate us and God saying don't forsake the assembling of yourself together as a matter of some is come on but even so much more as you see the day approaching to encourage one another. It is time for us to look for avenues to be together in a place, in a way that we can lift each other up and encourage one another for the kingdom of God. And don't let the enemy divide us. Amen. Amen. I mean, they, they hope, the enemy wants to hope that he can strike fear in our hearts to keep us away from each other, but the reality is, is that there are avenues and ways that we can be together that we might not be uh, 190 strong in, a, in a, an auditorium, but w- maybe we can be in small groups sometimes. Come on. In other words, we have to rethink the, mo- the model and the methods that we use, but we've got to be together because God's called us as a corporate body to be in unity, and you can't be in unity if you're disconnected. Amen. Amen. And that's why we have to pray. That's why I, I beg of you. I know that word is very strong. But I beg you, pray for me. That God gives me wisdom. I mean, when Nehemiah was here recognizing that this was the enemy's task, was to bring fear into him, to cause his hands to drop to his side, to not fulfill the work. He said, oh God, strengthen my hands. I need prayer that God strengthens my hands to be able to accomplish the task as I pray for you to God strengthens your hands because this is not a single man's effort. This is the body of Christ together we are the body. You're just as much of a minister in the kingdom of God as I am. Come on somebody. Every one of you are called and gifted by the the Holy Spirit to do and accomplish something for his kingdom and so together we're on the same team. Amen. Amen. So Nehemiah set a pattern. He prayed about everything. I mean, we understand the Word of God says men ought to always pray and not faint. Come on. And it's not just about the big, not just about the big things, it's the small things and the big things. Right? We need to pray. We need to first respond to, to God, saying, okay, God, here we are. This is the situation. What do you want us to do? How do you want us to flow? How do you want us to, to, to act and to be activated into your plan? I'm not responding to the situation. I'm responding to you, God, because you're the first way. And then we pray. Actions always go along simultaneously with prayer. How many of you have ever had your needs met through prayer? Drake, bring, amen? Amen? I remember, uh, and, and how many know you, we, we remember tr- uh, traumatic things in your life, right? In today's world, they teach they teach teachers about what they call ACEs, adverse child effects, and I remember sitting down with a counselor, talking with them, you know, about. Experiences that I had as a child, and they said, You know, according to the ACEs chart, the adverse child effects chart, you know, if you've had more than five extreme situations in your life, then you're probably learning disabled, you're, you're probably going to have, you know, emotional disorders. And I said, I do. <laughs> My mama said I was disordered my whole life. (laughs) But the reality is, is that I remember my mom every night coming to my room and she'd get on her knees beside my bed and I'd get on my knees beside her she pray. I'd crushed my hand, and, you know, specialists had said, let's cut it off. A little country doctor said, well, let's, let's do the least we have to do and trust God for the rest. And I remember every night we'd sit down beside the bed, kneel down, and, and we'd pray. And she'd let me pray. Of course, I did the old, now I lay me down to sleep. Pray this, the Lord, my soul to keep I should die before I wake. I pray the Lord my soul to take. And then I go through the list. Lord, bless mama. Bless daddy. God, touch my hand. And I go to that prayer. I was just four years old. But I'm 47 today. And I still remember those intimate prayers. May not have meant much to some people. Meant the world to me. I can't say that I was always on the straight and narrow. Jeff, I took some diversions. And I didn't want mom to come in my room and pray at night. I remember running from running from God so strong. And I'd wake up in the middle of the night. My mom tells me these stories, I remember the dreams. I didn't know that she came in the room. But I remember the dreams of me screaming as as I really felt like Satan was grabbing me and pulling me into hell. And I didn't know how real they were, Bill. I just, all I knew was a dream. I woke up the next morning, convicted but continuing the same path. And my mom told me, she said, I don't know how many nights I would come into your room and hold you because you you were screaming out and you were soaking wet from sweat. Didn't even know she was praying. But I remember walking through the grocery store after God had radically changed my life and meeting people that I didn't even know. Paige? People that I'm like, who are you? And they would come up and say, you're Paul Dyer. We prayed for you. We're so proud of you. Man, you don't know. Your prayer means something. Was my mom perfect? Lord, no. (laughs) My mom and dad argue like cats and dogs. But man, there's one thing. They wouldn't have made it the 40 plus years they'd been married without prayer. I don't know that I'd be here today without their prayer. My encouragement to you is we don't know the, what's going to happen in the next few months. We don't know how the economy is going to roll. We don't know how the virus is going to flow. We don't know anything. We can speculate. We can base our information off of a bunch of professionals that are only guessing anyway because they don't know. They weren't alive in the other pandemic that happened in the early 1900s. So they're just guessing. So nobody knows. But there's one thing we know for sure that we can trust God. We can know for sure that there's not one of us going to leave this earth without His timing being perfect. There's not one. He knows every one of us. He knows the number of hair on our heads. He knows everything. If he knows every sparrow that drops, how much more does he know all about you and cares for every one of us? So my encouragement this morning is to communicate with God. Pray. Let's pray. Pray. Let's fast. Jamie, thank you for sending me an invitation the other day to a massive prayer event for our country. I don't know when that date is, but I'm willing to get a bus and go. But at the same time, I'm willing to call a few pastors and say, hey, can we do that here? Because... It's not necessarily the place you pray, it's just the act, are you praying? Are you believing? Are you truly communicating with God for the next step? And I'm here to tell you, look, the sad part is, is we wait till pandemics come before we truly get on our knees and pray. But if we would be continually seeking the face of God, it might just be that we see a different atmosphere take place I don't know if Isaac's watching right now but Isaac if you're watching you're right we need to dig some wells for our kids we need to dig some wells for the next generation because they need a refreshing they need revival they need an outpouring of God like we've experienced. And God, if you see fit for it to happen at Alcoa Marival Church of God, then I pray let it be so. Lord, let, let, let your will be accomplished in us as we seek your face. And Lord, I recognize that in that process it might be some very difficult moments. Not everybody will be on board with with seeking your face. Not everybody will be on board with what you lead us to do in this process. But whatever it is, God, we will do. God, we we will accomplish only because of you. We will accomplish your kingdom destiny. For this local congregation. Lord I pray God. That as you have put into our hearts. That everybody needs Jesus. I pray that we will live that out. Because we recognize. That everybody matters. That everyone. Needs Jesus. The rich. The poor. The various nationalities. God we all need to know that you are the Lord of glory and Lord I pray that we will manifest your presence and that your word will permeate our conversation and the Lord that we will reach in and touch our community to see the hand of God move in us Lord help us to be missional Missionals, not just crossing the seas, but seeing the cross. Help us to let, help others see the cross that transformed us. Help us, God. As Nehemiah declared, when all the world was trying to discourage him and to keep him from fulfilling his work, he declared, Oh God, strengthen my hand. Lord, I pray that prayer over this body. Oh, God, strengthen our hands to do your work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you guys. And all of you who are watching online, I love you. Please.